Welcome to Protect Your Practice, brought to you by BrightSquid. Let's dig deep into real-world data breaches of patient information. We'll provide practical, expert advice to help you mitigate risk, understand compliance with privacy laws, and safeguard your clinic against all of the privacy and security threats facing healthcare today. Welcome back to Protect Your Practice. I'm Jeff, your host. This week, we're going to delve deeper into a topic we touched on a couple of weeks ago when we looked at the difference between a NetCare PIA and a practice PIA. Um, we got a number of comments and questions about that. There's a lot of uh, confusion and misunderstanding about the topic, so we're going to dig deeper into that. With us this week, uh, again, we have Rohit Joshi, who is the CEO of BrightSquid, as well as a lawyer who speaks internationally on privacy compliance issues in terms of regulations in North America. Uh, we also have Ingrid Rise with us, who is a privacy expert who has been involved in writing privacy regulations and consulting on privacy compliance in healthcare for uh, over three decades. As well, we have Faisal Kasavji, who is the chair of the Canadian College of Health Leaders, an organization really uh, with a mandate to, to build better leaders through training to create high-impact leaders. And he'll bring the perspective of what he hears and what he sees in terms of the importance of proper compliance in healthcare today. We're going to dive in and talk about this important issue. Um, so, Ingrid, can you help us understand the the difference between a net care PIA and a practice PIA? Uh, well, first of all, uh, a net care PIA is just a component of a PIA or a piece of the puzzle, and as such, it requires its own PIA. So, under the Health Information Act, it's very clear that everyone must file a PIA, and the stipulation is for each project, and as such. NetCare is, in itself, a project. Uh, so is your EMR. So is, for example, accessing um, your patient records and sending out uh, electronic reminders. Those are all examples what require or trigger a PIA to be done. So um, you'll see, if you want to go look at the OIPC website, that the PIA is this due diligence exercise, and you have to identify and address potential privacy risks that occur in the course of your operations. Well, NetCare is just a piece of that operation. It isn't the actual entire operation. So if you have a NetCare PIA, that's just one component. And it is it only will address your use of NetCare. It will not address... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What, like, talk about the due diligence, too, though, because like, that, that that's a huge issue. Here. Yeah, I think from a, a legal perspective, you know, one of the things that I... If, if someone gave me the power to rename it, I'd almost call it a... a a PIA, a privacy impact assessment with a net care addendum. You know, I don't think we've given any, done anybody any favors by calling it a net care PIA because there's so much confusion. Mm-hmm. I know that the practices I talk to, they, they drop the net care. Yeah, they believe says, they believe they've got yeah, a PIA. You have to do a PIA. I have done a PIA. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'll tell you, I think if we, a small naming change of calling it a net care addendum um, to your PIA, would have been the right way to kind of address just to, from the from the get go the the misconception that a net care PIA is good enough. Yeah, yeah. So Faisal, you're here from the College of Health Leaders. What does what does this mean? Like, what is it? What is this issue of uh, well, it's misunderstanding and and you know, non compliance as a as a factor of that. Well, certainly if uh, you're a leader of a healthcare organization, you want to make sure that your organization 
whether you are a leader of an association like a practice association uh, of, uh, of custodians or you're a leader of a long-term care institution or a hospital. You want to make sure that your organization is compliant with the law in, in the collection, use, and disclosure of information. What's important here, and just listening to your conversation, it's exactly as Rohit said. You know, some people think that they've got one element of uh, compliance complete, i.e. a NetCare PIA. They don't realize there are many, many other systems involved in running uh, a health organization that might not or will not have a PIA completed for the collection, use, and disclosure uh, of information under those systems. So I think it's very important. And, and, and what it does, it's, it's important also that, um, that people know that if you're not compliant in everything, where else are you cutting corners? And so that's where it's very important that uh, as a leader, you want to make sure that, A, for sure you're on the right side of the law and that you're also um, making sure you're, you're protecting something as, uh, as important as patient information or personal health information. Well, and that's an interesting sense. I've heard that from clinics who said they will not refer patients out if they know the clinic on the other end isn't being responsible with compliance with the privacy of their patients because they have seen those clinics be deficient in other areas where compliance, like infection control and things like that, where it's you know physically dangerous for patients to be there. Um, and it's, so, yeah, that's an interesting point. It just speaks to the general hygiene of a practice or an organization. Yeah, and I think... Um, Jeff, if you consider sort of the heightened awareness for the pub that the public has in terms of privacy and security, the public themselves is asking for more rigorous uh, oversight. So if you've got clinics that are being con- are concerned about who they're referring to, I would add the fact that there's also patients that are concerned about the clinic's privacy. And we're hearing more and more about that now. Yeah. No, that's an interesting point. The two biggest issues that we're finding in that are emerging trends in healthcare now are, are two things. One is consumerism and the other is interoperability of healthcare systems. So as there's more systems interoperating with each other, i.e. a patient reminder system interoperating with an electronic medical record system, interoperating with a billing system, those are all things that require a PIA. And Layer on top of that consumerism, now you have a much more informed consumer that knows about privacy, that is very impacted the privacy, whether it be in their social media accounts. They, they want to know that all of this privacy is not going to be impacted, that this information that they're giving to a dentist or to an optometrist or to a pharmacist is going to be protected. Remember, you know, in... As my colleague beside me, Rohit, who's a lawyer, says, the law does not distinguish uh, what happens to the information. People might say, well, it's just, you know, optometry information can't be very serious. But the law does not uh, discriminate on that. So we have to be very diligent uh, on collecting this information. Yeah. So, Ingrid, what's, like, what are the big things that are missing? If you just have a net care PIA, where are the big gaps that a practice PIA would fill in? Well, for example, you wouldn't demonstrate how you have are controlling the administrative portion within your clinic. You wouldn't demonstrate your policies and procedures 
for your electronic medical or health record. You are only demonstrating your compliance to one component, and that's the Alberta NetCare portal. And that is insufficient to demonstrate your practice, how you're protecting, collecting, using, and disclosing patient information within your clinic and how your staff are trained administratively. Because let's say, NetCare, you have only a physician using NetCare portal. That doesn't explain all the staff and and peripherals that are in your practice and how you're doing business and how you're protecting information internally. That's the value of a practice PIA. Yeah. And, and sorry, Rowan, go ahead. Um, just adding on to that, what we keep hearing from the Privacy Commissioner, and it's not just Alberta, but, but I would say globally, is that the biggest missing link isn't the document. It's actually the training. Well, if you can imagine how small that training would be, is if all we're training is my access to NetCare, because that's all that training would cover. You're leaving out the entire rest of this uh, of the operations of a clinic, which is probably ninety five percent. Yeah, it's ninety five percent of what that clinic is doing in the collection, use, and disclosure of information. So when we're talking about the PIA portion, it's important to uh, to, to recognize that that has implications in probably the most critical aspects of privacy, which is training your staff, changing the culture. And I would agree with that because NetCare training is NetCare specific. They are going to give you some privacy information, but that's all in relevance to NetCare and what you can and cannot do with NetCare. It doesn't even touch how you're running your practice and how you're managing your patients on the outside of the NetCare portal. Yeah. And what's interesting about all of this or what's really poignant is healthcare is the only industry in which more than half of the breaches in an organization are initiated internally. So it's a, it's a staff error and that's where you're like, that's the training component, right? And if you look at the major threats facing healthcare today, especially now in, you know, Alberta and nationally in Canada and across the U.S., when you have mandatory breach reporting, you have to tell your patients, you have to tell the privacy commission, you have to tell uh, the government um, when there has been a breach of patient information so that there can be appropriate follow-up by these parties to ensure that it doesn't happen again or for the patients to protect themselves from any risk. And, you know, looking at what causes these, you know, cyber attacks that are coming in and initiating a lot of these breaches, it is, uh, you know, careless employees is, is one of the number one causes through things like traditional email. They just get used to clicking on links, um, ineffective antivirus, um, as well as outdated software. So you're not up And none of that stuff is going to get caught by NetCare PA. It's not even looking at those aspects of your practice. So there's a huge amount of stuff where the threats are coming in. And, yeah. And I think, you know, if we, look at, if we look at what we're trying to do in privacy in general, it requires a culture change. And that culture change is, you know, it, the, the, the movement at a practice. We're living in a very different environment than we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So the privacy, the, the increased need for privacy, the increased demand really that the, that the practice has to change that culture is greater now than it ever has been in history. And it's time now for the custodians and the practices to really take that, take leadership there. Because it is going to impact their practice more now than ever before in history. That's absolutely true. And, you know, the the threat is only growing. um, But, you know, I think the important thing to remember about the regulations is they are there as, you know, reasonable measures, but protective measures, almost like a blueprint. Um, We tell a lot of our clients, this is your blueprint for compliance, but also security and privacy of your information. 
that can help maintain the continuity of your practice, which is a huge, hugely important thing. So, you know, I, we, we've covered a lot of the information. I think, you know, uh, we've spoken about this issue before, net care versus the practice PIA. Is there anything that we haven't talked on yet, Ingrid, that, that's important to bring up, something from the regulations? Is there anything that like, people struggle with? Because we do get a lot of questions about this where clinics are confused. They say, I have a PIA. Oh, it's just a net care PIA. That's not enough. Right. Well, I do want to add that under the Health Information Act offenses and penalty and under Section 107, you will see that it's an offense for a custodian to fail to take reasonable steps in accordance with health information to maintain administrative, technical, and physical safeguards. Well, that in itself, if you don't do a PIA, you're not even taking a reasonable step to provide your safeguards within your own practice, let alone, you know, net care as, again, it's just a component you're actually in violation because you're not taking these reasonable steps to protect your practice. And what's the risk? So, like, let's say a, a practice says, well, I've, we've paid attention to our privacy and, and you know, we have uh, our IT guys set us up with secure servers. Like, if they just think they, they can do it themselves without having a formal review process in place, what's the risk there? Well, the first thing that if there's any kind of breach, the first thing you're going to be asked is, where's your PIA? And you hand them a net care PIA, they're going to be like, no, your practice PIA. Because a net care PIA, again, is just for an individual project. And the Health Information Act is clear. It's on all projects. You must have a PIA. So you come in and you can't even provide the basics saying, well, I, I tried to do this and I did this. They'll say, have you trained your staff? Oh, well, no, sorry, didn't do that. That was after my PIA, maybe. But all of these types of things are, are just insufficient reason not to have. You don't have a PIA, you have a breach, you're in trouble. You're, it's as simple as that. Yeah, and I, I'd follow that up, Ingrid, because in the discussions that we've had with the privacy officer, you know, there's, it, what, what, what's clear is that there's no desire for someone to, to just tick the box, get the PIA done either. Right? I think unless this starts to become a change in the way the practice actually performs its service, I don't think, I don't think it dramatically changes the, what, what we all expect is a, a better privacy culture inside of the practices. Because if it's just ticking the box, it's just, it's still not doing what the, what the practice needs. Yeah. And, and I think you raised an interesting point earlier, Rod, that patients are savvy yeah. and they are, educating themselves very quickly and being educated by the news. You know, the breaches that we report on are, are, are coming from the news. And, and people understand the risk of going to a healthcare provider that isn't careful, that isn't doing their due diligence. And, you know, we 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 did a presentation about a year ago where one of our panelists answered the question of how do you, how do you get your clinicians responsible? And the, the answer was patients will decide because they will go where they feel safe. Um, and you know that's the reality of the world today, and that's that's how patients are leading. Look at look at all any large news release a lot from large companies like Apple, Facebook. It's a lot of it has to do with privacy. Any last comments, Basil? Did you want to weigh in on anything? Well, I think I think when Ingrid mentioned the difference between a NetCare PIA and the other systems in a in an organization, I just want it's more uh, for clarification. All. All the other systems fit under what we're what you've labeled a practice PIA. Is that correct, Ingrid? Yeah, that's correct. Um, the privacy commissioner is um, very understanding, and 
And you can encompass all that in one PIA, mentioning all your system and how they interface. Except so NetCare. Except NetCare. NetCare, they have done an expedited standalone PIA for two reasons. One is the volume, the sheer volume of um, custodians or, or physicians or dentists or opticians that wish to utilize NetCare is so large that the Alberta Health has actually submitted a PIA on their behalf explaining it all. So it's saving custodians countless hours of paperwork for sure. But on the other hand, that does not indicate all the other practices, patient appointment reminders, uh, patient portals, for example, uh, just your basic electronic medical record system. All of those need to be explained, and we do that generally as one practice PIA. So safe to say if, if a custodian had a NetCare PIA and a practice PIA, then they're fully covered or fully compliant. They are compliant for that period in time. And like the law states, as soon as there's a new project or anything else, you need to submit a new PIA on that project. However, this will encompass your entire practice as is, and then you regularly review and maintain. So it is very much a living document. Very much so. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of people's uh, understanding of of what is to be compliant. Well, it's back to the issue of it's not just a checkbox. Yeah. Right? The, the, your privacy compliance is an ongoing living thing that requires your attention on an ongoing basis from from one or multiple staff in your organization. Yeah. Right? Well, we'll probably have lots more to cover on this topic. We do get lots of questions about it. If you have any questions about the distinction between a NetCare PIA and a practice PIA or, or anything else about PIA, certainly drop us a question on our website at brightsquid.com or you can visit albertapia.ca as well. We've got lots of information and resources there. Thanks for listening to Protect Your Practice, brought to you by BrightSquid. For a regular dose of privacy insights and tips, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd be honored if you left us a five-star review and shared this episode with your colleagues. Find out how you can get expert privacy compliance support at brightsquid.com and click Privacy Compliance.